Sabres give it away. Here's a chance in front. Oh, what a glove save! Lena Solmark, are you kidding me? And then here's a chance for a breakaway pass, and they find it. Rodriguez on the loan, takes a shot, scores! Tie game with 10-15 to go in the second period. And he plays it to the corner for Reinhardt. Up top to Darlene, one-timer scores! Darlene just turns and lets it rip, and we're tied at two. Gonna come up top to McCabe, he's got some room for the shot, scores! Jake McCabe! The Sabres defense coming to the rescue tonight! And they have a 3-2 lead with 9.04 to go in the third period. Drives right, he has a lane for the shot, scores! The Eiffel Tower in overtime and the Cardiac Kids does the Flames in Calgary make the final 4-3. How's it going everybody? I am Luke and I am joined by Joe once more for another edition of the Charging Buffalo podcast. The Sabres have played two games since we last came to you. Maybe three. three. Maybe yeah. three? Well, we Tampa. covered the Devils game. Tampa. Tampa. They lost to Tampa. That is true. They choked. Yeah. Uh, they got murdered by the Oilers, and they somehow beat the Flames, so that's good. Yes. Uh, I was planning on going on a fiery rant this episode, but after that win yesterday, I'm just not feeling it. It's two, two episodes Team in a row where... The Devils win. You can't rant after that, and you can't rant after an impressive showing against the number two team in the league in the Calgary Flames. So, uh, yeah, I got some uh, bent up emotion resting inside of me right now. Maybe next week if they drop drop a couple games by then, but who knows? Maybe maybe it'll come out in this episode. Who knows? Calgary prior to this game was 8-1-1 one, one in their last mm-hmm. 10 games. Johnny Goodrow has 70 points, Yeah, and it's only January 17th. He's absolutely an MVP, an MVP candidate. After yes. just, just watching him play yesterday, his line with... That's yeah, an underrated... He, he's my pick for the heart. That's an underrated line, an underrated duo, him and Monaghan. And Elias Lindholm, what and a Lindholm. pickup that was. I really wanted him. Really, really wanted him. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, James Neal, I don't think, was playing. No, Is he I think scratch he, was hurt. he was hurt. Oh, he's hurt? Yeah, okay. I think he was sick, maybe. And also, Travis Hamanick did not play as well yesterday. Mm-hmm. They're playing Dalton Prout. Forgot about yeah, him. He yeah. was still a thing. Yeah, their defense was really lacking yesterday. Oliver Schilling. It said Shillington. Shillington That's yes. how it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. Him, Andrew. Prout, I, yeah. I don't know how to say his name. I, I always said it was Mangia Payne, but Ma- Don, Ma- Levy, Don Ma- Levy was saying Manja Manjapani or it's something. It's Manjapani. Like. Manjapani. Yeah. I always called it Manji- Manjiapin. Yeah. Yeah, I did too, but then I was like, oh, Manjapani. Manjapani. I like him. I, I kind of like him. I remember him uh, from the Barry Colts. He played mm-hmm. back when Ekblad was playing. Good good little player. Maybe undrafted. I think he went undrafted one year, and then the Flames took him late. Or maybe he was a free agent signing. Don't remember off the top of my head. But a good little player. Andrew little Manjapani. Player. What about? Do they have Kelvin DeHaan too? Yeah, no, no. Uh, Carolina. Carolina has DeHaan. DeHaan. Okay, okay. Former Islander first right. rounder. Right. That's why. Okay, that's where I heard the game. Let's. I want to talk about the Oilers game first. Yeah. Because I couldn't watch the Tampa game. I saw. I saw the highlights. Thompson had a little goal there. Uh, Sam Reinhart had a very, probably one of his best goals all season. Came in at the blue line, just ripped a shot, and you would think the way people describe him, he's just sitting in front of the net, and Eichel's, like, t- shooting pucks off his shin pads and whatnot. But 
Yeah, Sam Reiner is a very good player. Uh, you just have to watch him. You have to watch him carefully because he does all the little things right, makes the perfect passes, and he's just an underappreciated guy. I think they trade him, and then he's going to go on to do great things. I understand the criticisms. Yeah, I, un- you, you, I understand right. the criticisms, but the people that are criticizing him, either it's because they hate him because he's not Leon Dreisaitl or David Pasternak. Uh, this isn't a good comparison right now, but William Nylander, when Nylander's having a really rough go for the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. But there's that. He's not living up to the... It's pretty clear that he's not living up to expectations of a number two overall pick. And... You can't hold that against him. He's he's still a really good player. He's not Nel Yakupov or Alexander Daig or whoever just can't cut it in the NHL. He's, he's not a complete bust. Yeah, he's still a really, really good player. He's a talented hockey player, and he's going to be here for a long time, I hope, at least. And he plays well with Jack Eichel. Why criticize him because he plays well with Jack Eichel? It's not like... I don't know, you put Kyle Poso on his wing, he's not doing anything, then you criticize the guy. He's producing. He's been producing all year. And it's been over a year that he's been producing at what you would expect a number two overall pick to do. And if he does it with Jack Eichel, you keep him with Jack Eichel. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of hearing, oh, he can only do it. He's been with Eichel pretty much his whole career, pretty much. And he still produces when he's not with him. It has all come down to who was drafted in that class with him. And I'm... I'm it's I'm, revisionist history. I'm so beyond this discussion because every draft has guys ranked above guys, and it's like a foregone conclusion that this guy, this player is going to be better than this player somewhere later in the draft. So that's 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 all I really feel. It's, it's, it's whatever. We went with what was the wise decision at the time mm-hmm. to get him. but And mo- mostly everybody wanted Reinhardt. Nobody, nobody was talking about Leon Dreisaitl and them. Honestly, Dreisaitl was probably a reach at three. He was supposed to go fourth or fifth. I did not understand prospects and stuff at the time. and I, I was a Reinhardt guy. I was I extremely... Really, I liked Bennett, but Reinhardt was the superior prospect. I was tuned out to the whole draft thing at that time. I was young. so, But Edmonton. Connor Sherry finally got a 5-on-5 goal. It looked like it could have been tipped by Middlestat. It was tipped. They gave credit to Middlestat. Oh, well, that's that's jolly good then. Mm -hmm. Good. It certainly looked from the angle, and it was not an angle shot, but from the angle in which Sherry took that shot, I thought, hmm, I don't know if that could have beaten the goalie. And when when they scored that, I really thought that, hey, maybe maybe their luck's turning around here. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're going to go on a little bit of a run, but absolutely not. You know, it just all went downhill from there. We had that first goal, and my immediate thought, and I tweeted this, was that this team is a lot more 16-17 Sabres than 17-18 Sabres. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But then we gave up three in quick succession. Mm-hmm. And, and that's been the story of the Buffalo Sabres the past five years. And my mind quickly changed to this team is a lot more 17-18 than 16-17. So we're, we're just the 18-19 Sabres. I, I forget guess, the stat, but I know Paul Hamilton and Brian Koziel were talking about this. Uh, I think this year alone, it might be 17 or 18 times this team has given up a goal within two minutes after scoring one. 
And it happened yesterday against the Flames. See, after McCabe scored, we we should have seen the writing on the wall earlier in the year because there is still. And I, I I thought I had known this. I was just too scared to say it because the hysteria was so run wild. But there were still so many flaws, and still are so many flaws oh, in yeah. our game. Where I mean, we're back to a negative goal differential. Like our goal differential is never that good when we were on the streak. Yeah, you're they're sitting third in the league, and you know, yeah. like Tampa's got a plus twenty yeah, goal differential, just... and Buffalo has got like plus three. Yeah, it's they're not a finished product. Like, no. But you know what? People were blinded by the winning streak, and they're not as good as that team, as their record showed during that winning streak, and they're not as bad as their record shows now. They're somewhere in the middle. After watching last night's game and playing up to par with that Calgary team, I thought, man, this team, at least we are not last year. We're a lot better Mm -hmm. than we were last year. We're miles ahead. And people are, it's like mass hysteria right now. Mm -hmm. People are panicking. I mean, I was going off the handle on, during that Edmonton game. That was just an excuse. They played an okay game. But anytime you lose 7-2, come on. People are like, I'm going off on Twitter and people are like, oh, they played fine. They dominated. Like, I'm sorry, but you can't sugarcoat a 7-2 loss. No, you can't. You can't. Come on. There's no. They lost 7-2. They got crushed. Ristolainen gives a puck away at the blue line and to Connor McDavid, of all people. And the guy stumbles twice, and he's still 10 feet ahead of everyone. Come on. You know what? I think it might be time to move on from Ristolainen after these last couple of games. I thought he played a good game yesterday. I don't know. I, I just think I was watching I, They're, they're bigger thought, fish man, to fry than Rasmus Ristolainen. Perhaps. Perhaps. But I just think... Because I was thinking about we're this getting yesterday. there. We're I was thinking there. about this yesterday. If when because this is like the O'Reilly trade. If you trade, because I know I was listening to GR yesterday and they were talking about like a fantasy trade scenario, trading Ristolainen for Nazem Kadri. If you do that, hypothetical here, there's no traction to this at all. Because there's a need at center now mm-hmm. because they trade O'Reilly. So now they trade Rasmus Ristolainen. For Kadri to fix that center, center uh, hole that was left when they traded O'Reilly. Now what do you need? Now you need another offensive-minded right-shot defenseman. And what are you gonna have to trade for that? It's hard to find defensemen like Ristolainen. He's a, he's a flawed player. It's pretty obvious that he's a flawed player. He's not the best in his own end, but he can produce points. And that's a guy that you need. You really need him right now. They need Ristolainen. I would not trade him unless you're getting. A fantastic package back. See, it's tough because I bet a week from now I'm going to be so high in the guy again. He, he's a really good. Pl- he's a really good top four defenseman. Really, really good. And those guys are really hard to find. I don't know. I don't know how you how how do they replace him? That's the thing. I don't think they can. Mm-hmm. At the like, not at the moment. You don't find those guys in free agency. You only get them through the draft. That's it. So maybe if they can somehow land Bowen Byram or uh, Philip Broberg or Cam York in the draft, but those guys are all a little while, a little while away. So you need Ristolainen. You need him on the team. Yeah, at the moment, yes. Yeah, at the moment, yes. Because I think he's got like three or four years left. Maybe they explore a trade eventually. Because they're probably not going to be able to sign him to his next contract. He's going to be looking upwards of six, six and a half million, maybe even more if he continues to grow. But 
Yeah, it's going to be tough. That's I know John Shannon was on GR yesterday, and he said he heard that from circles that Ristolainen might be available eventually. I just don't think that's a smart move because you're cut like like we've said before. You're cutting your nose off to spite your face. You're getting you're trading a position that is important for another position, and then that's the next hole you got to fill. And they traded Evander Kane last year, a goal scoring winger. And we all said, oh, that's going to be a tough position to fill. But then they go out and get Jeff Skinner for less than they got for Vander Kane. So I'll tell you what I'm not buying from Shannon being on the radio. I don't think Skinner is oh, going to yes. get nine and a half to ten. Yeah, million he said dollars. if you didn't listen yesterday, it's, uh, Shannon said that Skinner is going to get upwards of nine to ten million dollars. I can tell you right now, no it's one's going to give Jeff Skinner that much. Nobody. $10 million, they're going to make Jeff Skinner the highest-paid player on the team. I just know. That's franchise player money. I can't see it exceeding nine. There's no. I just can't see it. And they have begun talks with Skinner about an extension. But remember, he can't sign an eight-year deal until after the trade deadline. So they're going to wait. They're not going to trade him unless talks just go completely south. And if the team goes completely south. I don't think Further south. I don't think that's the case. Because they they need to keep him. Because then what are you going to do when you trade him? you got to find another scoring winger. And how are you going to well, do that? But, I mean, the, the thing with free agency, of course, all the cards are in the player's deck. It's true. They could. I mean, they could. It's a scary they could, thing. They could trade him and sign him again. Pull Matt Molson. That's true. That would be That would be something. Yes. Like a little under-the-table thing. Like, hey, we're going to trade you for two first-round picks and a B prospect. Yeah. But come back. Yes, that swindle him, swindle whoever trades for him. Oh, sorry, I would not. I would not mind that. I wouldn't mind that, but well, that's not going to happen. It's obviously not going to happen, but I wouldn't mind it. I want to get back to that that Oilers game because I had a few thoughts. A lot of people. Let's 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 cut to the chase here. Carter Hutton has had a very unlucky oh two starts in a row. What was it? Four or five goals in a row that that were just weird bounces off of. I didn't get to see any except for the Scandella one in the Hurricanes game. But the guy, he's just caught some tough breaks. His defense let him down horribly in Mm -hmm. the Edmonton game. None of those were his fault. I mean, there was odd man rushes. There was screens. The one that was shot, and I think this is the Hurricanes game I'm thinking of, and like he tried to catch it. It bounced up in the air off the back of the top of the net and off I forget who tipped it in. Might have been Scandella. Yes, this is one Scandella. So Scandella put two in. Yeah, Scandella. McCabe put one in, and then maybe another one just fluke bounce. But Hutton's getting a lot of flack. And when your team is losing a lot, as the Sabres have been lately, the first there's three candidates, three prime candidates that are going to get blamed. The beating boy on defense, Marco Scandella, that is prime number one. He's probably gotten the most flack from everyone. And if if you want to know, just look at the Instagram comments on the Charging Buffalo because every single comment is saying Scandella's trash people, trade him. How many people have said fire him into the sun? Oh, my God. How many times do you think it's been <laughs> tweeted and typed? Look it up. Yeah. You can search it. That's Scandella, right. Scandella's son, and you'll probably see, like, 15 people say fire Scandella into the sun. But also, and then the next scapegoat is Phil Housley, which I'm starting to believe that there might be some traction to that. Yep. And it's picking up. Mm-hmm. Like, people are really but starting to But they're not going to fire him. 
And if you do want Phil Housley fired, start cheering for losses. Start hoping for losses because they're not going to fire him unless they lose like 15 in a row. It's just not going to happen. I think Jason Bottrell is a smart enough man where he will realize he won't. Phil Housley's incompetence is a detriment to my job's security. I don't think so. I got to do something. Bottrell's not going to fire Housley unless it goes off the rails. They have a bottom five finish, or they lose. Well, I'm not saying right now. I'm not saying right now. He Housley is safe. He is very much safe. He's not going anywhere unless this, unless all four wheels fall off, and there's still probably two wheels left. So what I gotta say, I think, I don't know. This summer is going to be quite telling for him. I believe. They, and I don't think yeah. he's so safe. I don't know. He's gonna make it to the end of the year, no doubt. But I what don't if, know. What if they miss the playoffs by three points? Are they gonna fire him? What, what were the expectations? Miss the playoffs by three points, wild card spot. You're gonna fire the guy well, for meeting expectations. Here, you know what's funny? People are saying that oh, we weren't even expecting to be good. Okay, no, that's BS, folks. Everyone was saying Florida Sabers in the playoffs. There's no other team better than them in the wild card. Everybody was saying that. And now all of a sudden we were expecting to be mediocre. It's just no big deal. No, we're blowing. I don't. I don't see that. I feel like most most you, of the people were saying they're getting there, but they're not there yet. You don't remember all the analysts saying no. Florida, Buffalo. No, I. If I recall, it was like it is now: uh, Tampa, Toronto, Boston, and then you're going to have Buffalo, Florida in the mix for the wild card. But the Metro is still stacked, and they're going to send five. I, 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 I don't remember it being that way. I'm sorry. I remember people saying the Islanders were going to completely tank out. Uh, Nobody maybe, really expected the Flyers to be this bad, though. Right. Well, that's true. But every pregame panel, every mainstream media outlet was saying Sabres are going to be a wildcard contender this year. And yeah, wildcard contender. Now they everybody's gonna... going back on that and saying we were supposed to be mediocre. We weren't supposed to be a playoff team. Folks, everybody got their hopes up. For it. We, we can't just... This is a form of revisionist history. We can't just go back and and go. We can't just go back on this. Okay, we got our. We got the media. We'll lose sight that they finished in last place last year. Too. I know, I know, but that's how I remember it. I remember getting worked up over it and buying into it. That's how it was going, and now everyone just wants to backtrack on it, and it's 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 uh, we're in denial. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of. I'm going to try and find folks. the stat. Their their win percentage, besides the streak. Oh, not geez. counting the streak. Yeah, I mean, you know what? The same flaws from last year showing up again. We can't string together wins. I mean, we're we're seven fourteen and one or something since the streak again. So that's pretty much the what we've seen the last two years. We we lose three, win one. Mm-hmm. So this comes from Greg Vorse from Spectrum. Uh, over the last, okay, so this would be 22 games now. The Sabres have seven wins, 18 of a possible 44 points, and at the time of this, this was two days ago, 2.57 goals per game. That would be 28th in the NHL, 3.29 goals against average. That would be 27th overall this season, and Greg says that's not good. It's a miracle we haven't been shut out since the Boston game, the first game of the season. I don't know how we're scoring goals. You saw my tweet yesterday for a dollar a month. Yeah. <laughs> you can donate goals to a team that doesn't know where their next win is going to come from. 
We have four they points. Won. They won. We won. We have four points in our last ten games. They're right down there with Ottawa. They're mm-hmm. right down there with mm-hmm. since the the winning streak ended. They have been statistically speaking one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. Right down there with Ottawa. So that's not good. And they were they were just kind of there before the winning streak too. Mm-hmm. They were they were a little above five hundred maybe, and then they just kind of took off. But then they ju- jumped off a cliff. I know they won yesterday. What it was a very good game. They played they played Calgary very well. It was a fun, entertaining hockey game. But yeah, that's. They're they're not this bad. They should not be this bad. And that's inexcusable, the fact that 18 of a possible 44 points. What is so frustrating is that we don't even, at least in the beginning of the year, from the the second game of the season up until, um, let's think here, you know, around the second game of the season to, like, the first time we beat Tampa, you know, we looked like a different team, and we were actually consistently above 500 we don't even look like that team anymore absolutely not and that was they like look like a different team even there's st- they i feel like they might be trending up a little now i they didn't play like they like you would expect a 7-2 loss to be against edmonton i couldn't watch it i thought game. we looked pretty terrible but <laughs> i mean they did they did i feel like they they just they should have won they should have won. They got a couple unlucky bounces and some horrific turnovers. Koskinen right was really good. Yeah, I'll give them that. Mm-hmm. But I, they definitely stuck with Calgary in that game and played very well. So maybe maybe they can bounce back. I don't know. But the teams around them are playing well. The Islanders mm-hmm. have been phenomenal. The Bruins are, keep picking up points. The Hurricanes are chasing them again. They're only a few points back, so... It's going to be tough. And if they don't make the playoffs, it's not the end of the world. I really don't think the sky is falling if they don't make the playoffs. Again, the expectation was for them to contend for a wild card spot, and that's exactly what they're going to do. And I'm sorry to break it to everyone, but they're not going to go out chasing rentals left and right like everyone suggesting. They're not going to give, like, Jacob Silverberg. Everyone's going to be like, oh, let's go get Jacob Silverberg. What's, what's it going to First of all, Anaheim wants to keep Silverberg. They're going to try and extend him. I don't know the way it's going there right now, how that's going to work out for them. But it's just not – I don't – what are you going to do? Trade one of your firsts for a rental. Why? What What's that going to accomplish? We're in a weird spot where we we can certainly keep contending, but we also – the only assets we have to trade are too important to the, exactly. to the building that's going on at the moment. Like in – Maybe they sell, but who are you selling? It's just it's not wise. You're not going to trade Skinner. Skinner's not going to get traded. Pretty it's much, what we're thinking here is mortgage mortgaging the future for a short term success. And what if that part. doesn't work? Everyone's going to be like, "Oh, why right. did we do this?" They're going to go revisionist history on it. Correct. And so those first round picks should be off limits. And I don't know. Can they even trade those picks? That's what I want to know. I think it's unwise for any team that isn't top two in their division to go after rentals because i that's a stanley cup winning move mm-hmm. to go after a rental if you're contending for eighth place you're not in the position in the short term or the long term to be my philosophy up any i i never want to give up first round picks like when i'm doing yeah. my franchise mode on nhl 19 yeah. i might have like you too know, valuable in a 15 year span i might have traded one first round pick mm-hmm. like those those picks are the lifeline of your organization exactly 
and the people are like, I don't care about the draft. The draft is nothing. That's how you build your team. That's how you win. Like, look at Tampa. It's a free Tampa player. Bay, that drafting. That is exhibit A of why you keep your picks. Tampa has been trading a lot of their picks, though. But still, you need to draft good. That's the thing. And when you have four first-round picks in two years and you're already a team on the rise and you're going to be having cap problems eventually, it's good to have four first-round picks and not trade them for rentals like some people are wildly suggesting. Look on Cap Friendly. There's people left and right. They're like, oh, yeah, let's trade this first-round pick for Chris Kreider who's going to could walk away in a couple of years. It's just not smart. Yeah, let's trade a first-round pick for Tyler Toffoli or Charlie Coyle. Like, come on. These guys can walk away next year. Would you rather have and those guys? Would you rather wait two years for a guy to come in on a cheap ELC that can contribute for five years, or Charlie Coyle for one year on a miracle run for the second or first or second wild card spot? Those guys aren't even good enough to put this team over. Charlie where they Coyle's need to be. a third line center. Correct. He, pretty much all those guys you listed were third are third liners on good teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it just does not make sense. And I could, yes, a rental for a cheap price. Like that second-round pick that the Blues gave Buffalo in the O'Reilly trade. Okay, it's in 2021, but what can you get for that? A third-line center maybe? Someone that can maybe give you a little push? I'm not trading first-round draft picks. I'm not. And I've been looking. I've... Tried to make up make a little lineup for next year. Brendan Gooley, he's not going to make the team next year. He's not. Is yeah. he trade bait? What can you get for him? I'd say do it. What can you get for a guy like Brendan Gooley? Yeah. That's what I want to know. And I've been thinking, I am open to trading like the lowest pick, especially if they get the Blues pick. But not for a rental. You need to get a guy that's... It needs to be a long-term yeah, someone, asset. Someone that's either young or a player that's in his prime that is locked up, like Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson has five years left at $5 million. He is a real second-line player, and he can help them for the duration of that contract. People so. still are talking about Brandon Montour like it's going to Why? Happen. Like it's going to happen. The Ducks are not going to trade Brandon Montour. And if you want Brandon Montour, what are you going to have to give up? Right? Yeah. Right? I maybe I would definitely trade a first for Brandon Montour. You know what's funny, though? But they're not going to – it's not going to happen. The Ducks are trading everybody not named Raquel, Getzlav, and Perry, at least forward-wise, it seems like. I think now, I think Perry's going to go in the offseason if they can move him. Pontus Aberg was traded yesterday. Cogliano was traded. Their second-leading goal scorer, Pontus Aberg. Yeah. 11 goals, and he's been sitting the bench. And – now Silverberg's name has been floated out there. Don't know the extent to those rumors, but I don't know. It seems like Derek Grant a... was traded at like one in the morning last night. Too. You're kidding me? To where? Uh, Derek Grant to Anaheim for Joey Blandisi. Isn't he with? Wasn't he with Anaheim though? Or no, no he's with Pittsburgh. He, yeah, he left Anaheim yeah. for Pittsburgh, wow. and now he's back in Anaheim for wow. Joey Blandisi. Wow, interesting. Yeah, interesting. Sabres preseason legend Derek Grant. Yeah. Well, were we? Were we done with the Edmonton game? Yeah. Can I talk about this whole Eichel MVP discussion? Hold on, I want to talk about okay. the hashtag Eichel's fault movement. Oh, good, because I can bring up stats now. Oh, my God, people. Now, we we like to bring up the suburban hockey yes. dad tagline a lot here. And this is my first in- 
encounter with the suburban hockey dad. <laughs> my first encounter was this a guy or advised oh, you? Yes, yes, okay. that guy. So, and after Eichel got the overtime winner last night, uh, I tweeted, "Yeah, guys, go go tell all the fifty-five-year-old suburban hockey dads that." Uh, that, well, I completely forgot what I said. That Eichel, oh, hold on, I'll, I'll try and I'll, I'll find it. it I yeah, this was a good tweet. I liked it. Okay, someone go let the the fifty five year old suburban hockey dads know Eichel wasn't too soft tonight and came through on the score sheet. Did you get a reply on that? Uh, I might. I have. hope. I hope. I got four replies. Thirty seven likes. That's not bad. Got to go on Facebook for that one. Then uh, Ryan Wolf says, only two points last night. It's hashtag Eichel's fault. The game even went to overtime. Uh, can't wait for WGR callers this morning. That's a good point, actually. You know what? We, I have a new idea for a segment. Horrible Instagram comments. Hor- no. Where we read about, <laughs> let's see what some old dudes have to say about oh my God. the team. Hold on, I gotta try and find the suburban hockey dad. What he said to me. Uh, it was the one I replied to. Right? Yes, this was this was right after the Oilers game when they lost seven two. Oh yeah, Sheldon. Sheldon replies to me when you you've seen this gift before. Yeah, the white cat. Yeah, or whatever that is. I don't know what. That, I think yeah. that's a cat sitting on a chair. His hands are up, all confused. Uh-huh. And I said, when people are blaming Eichel for losing seven two, like they want him to score six goals or fight mm-hmm. Milan Lucic, like that's gonna do anything. <laughs> so then uh, Sheldon here looks like you know that that's a suburban hockey dad. Right yeah. There. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Hundred percent. Th- I don't know. There's three guys in the profile picture. All three of them look like one. Yes. So, uh, yeah, oh, I'm assuming that's him. <laughs> Suburban hockey dad. Uh, okay, so Sheldon here goes on to say, "I am blaming him totally. He is the captain. He was soft like usual. Didn't work hard at all unless he had the puck. Oh my goodness! And McDavid schools him again. Man, did we get hosed in that draft?" Are you kidding me? Okay, hold on. There's more. Man, did we get hosed in that draft. Sabres are so soft. And why have we lost 15 in the last 21? Hashtag not a playoff team. Get rid of the four vets, please. And then uh, Mike responds, yikes, bad take. He's outplayed McDavid more than when they play. But sure, whatever fits your narrative. And, oh my god. That's, that's... That's suburban hockey dad. That's when we talk about yeah, suburban hockey yeah. dads every week. That is the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah, and then I quote tweet it. There are really people like this. What do you want them to do? Score six goals. The guy is leading the team in points and is probably still playing hurt. But yeah, soft. And then suburban hockey dad Sheldon replies again. Diehard Sabres fan for thirty five years. That is how you know you've encountered a suburban hockey dad. Yep, that's how you know they go back to when oh back in the seventies. Oh, Jim Schoenfeld, big guy. Like, like, I feel like I'm talking to my grandpa right now. Yeah. You know? Like, come on. So, what I wanted him and his team to give no shit when they were losing. Mm-hmm. No emotion. No fight. No care in the world for a team getting the hand 7-2. I was at the game live. It was embarrassing. Lucic and Cassian owned them. And by the way, Milan Lucic and Zach Cassian both scored two goals yeah. in one game. That's oh. how you know. Oh my God! Come on, horrible. And then you you chime in. Yeah, I had to come to. Did your anyone fight though? 
Did you see any player have what you described? You don't know what Eichel could have said behind closed doors. And now he just like when you're talking to these he goes people, into they change mode. the subject. Yeah, they change the subject. Yeah. like you'll school. Like this is how it is when I'm telling people that Reinhardt's actually good. Mm-hmm. Like, but, but 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 like it's a small sample size. Why does it have to be Eichel that fights for his team? Yeah, because he's the captain. He's the captain. He's that, the captain. That, he's soft. He's the he, that's the captain. Yeah. Okay, and he says, I was on the glass with excellent tickets in Edmonton. I'm like, okay, humble right, brag. Yeah. First game I have <laughs> seen Buffalo in seven years and plan the trip. After a good start to the season, it's a seven-hour drive for me. Thompson, Dolly, and Reinhardt were our three best players. I'm surprised he likes. Dolly. I know. Reinhardt, Reinhardt and I mean... Thompson, I'm, I'm surprised. We're our three best players. They worked hard and were rel- relentless on pucks. So, Well, I'm sorry, Jack Eichel ruined your 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 experience your yeah seven you drove seven hours to get smoked seven to two but anyways yes so eichel is getting blame mike harrington paul hamilton are criticizing jack eichel and i think this is ridiculous eichel is on pace for well over 90 points i would guess i don't have the stats in front of me still well over point a game five point five games without a point big whoop it happens sometimes it happens to the best of superstars around the league. I have completely tuned out Mike Harrington. The man is he's a he's a madman. I'm Oh Doh Doh Uh no wait, what does he say? Oh, but you you can't criticize Eichel. Why? He's the least of their problems. I don't understand. Mike Harrington criticizing Jack Eichel for his tank his anti tank narrative, it just has to stop. This is getting ridiculous. Eichel's the best player on the team. He, okay, Kyle Oposo has scored, like, one goal in the last three months. Connor Sherry has one goal in the last three months. They're finally starting to get secondary scoring, but this is getting ridiculous. They're a bigger fish to fry than the franchise superstar, Jack Eichel, that just hasn't gotten a point in five games. Come on. Eichel happens to be one of the most consistent scorers on the team. Yeah. (laughs) Also, so this is, just stop. I am... The biggest Eichel fan out there. I have posters of him on my wall. I have collectible figurines. Look at me. I got eight Jack Eichel jerseys. I know. You have jerseys. Yeah, I got j- eight Jack Eichel I jerseys. collect his cards. Yep. I do everything Jack Eichel. I'm, I'm, I'm crafting my 20 years down the road man cave already with Eichel mementos. So I want to preface this next rant with with all that. Oh, yes. I, I, love, I love Eichel. I have his Winter Classic jersey. I paid $250 for his jersey. But what I want to say here is that there are apparently people who think that Eichel is for real an MVP Still. candidate. Really? Still? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I saw... I, I I, that debate was something during the win streak when everyone thought the Sabres were going to win the President's Trophy, but And this not is because the other day... I saw a tweet that said it was something along the lines of imagine having the Hart winner and the Calder oh, winner. Yes, this it. was different from the Rocket Richard, though. The Rocket Richard and Calder. Oh, okay. tweet I saw too. the Rocket Richard one. And I got to thinking, wow. Are, are Sabres fans just so, I guess, brainwashed by such minimal success that we tune out the rest of the league now. I can understand 
the Rocket Richard argument, I mean, let's be honest. Skinner isn't going to win the Rocket Richard. He has no. three goals. He's second in the league, I guess, but he's three goals behind Ovi, and he is just – he's still Jeff Skinner. Okay, he's not going to – He's not going to score more goals than Connor McDavid. Will he get 50? I don't think so. Yeah. I was thinking a nice 47. I'm sticking to that. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it too. Jack Eichel. I I said a couple weeks ago I'd take 30 out of him if they would just spread the wealth around Mm -hmm. and put him with Johan Larson. (laughs) Folks, if you're buying into this argument that Jack Eichel is an MVP candidate, I... I can't help you. You're you're going to be disappointed, okay? Because our captain, my captain, he is 24th in points. Wow, he was top 10 a little while ago. Yep, he has played 44 games. He has 51 points. Which is still, like, there, a couple years ago, that probably wins the heart. But just scoring is just so up right now. There are four guys on pace for around 120, 130 points. Oh, my God. Okay? Yeah. There are all four, well, three of the four are in a playoff spot and on a very good team. Connor McTavis is the only one, of course. The only outlier there because his team lets him down every night. But <laughs> you mean to tell me this season Jack Eichel has been better than Nikita Kucherov? Uh, no. Than Miko Rantanen? Than Johnny Gaudreau last night? Uh, Did you see no. Johnny Gaudreau? Yep. Then Connor McDavid. Nathan McKinnon. Then Nathan McKinnon. Then Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane Kane is just the lifeline of the Chicago Blackhawks right now. Correct. Even Sidney Crosby, who's 13th. I have not heard Sidney Crosby's name more than five times this year. I don't know what's going on, but, like, the guy can still play. (laughs) Come on. I don't get where this is all coming from, though. I mean, Nikita Kucherov alone has 53 points in the first half of the... 53 assists, sorry, in the first half of the season. The guy is going to get more points than his team, and his team is on a record pace for for points. I just think it... I, I don't get where this comes from, comes from other than people just having false hope and wanting to believe this team is... I really don't think a lot of people think Eichel can win the heart. I really don't think so. I still see it popping up, though, really? on Twitter. I do, I do. It might be a handful of people. Every now and then. But, I know, but that doesn't mean I can't just say, <laughs> you people are ridiculous. <laughs> I think there is a minority out there who is misled in thinking that this team is actually in a much better spot than it is or something. and That think we could trade three first-round picks for rentals? Yeah, I, it's probably the yeah. same group of people. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm... And I'm not pulling that out of nowhere, me. folks. I've seen armchair GMs on Cat Friendly where people trade all three first-round picks for short-term help. I don't have the nerve to just tweet at these people for no reason and just get mad at them. Okay, I'm I'm quite a, not judgmental, but I, I'm quick to snap on people, in my head at least, I, but I don't have the guts to really, you know, voice it to someone. So it's tough on me, because I, I can't just pick, because maybe they're a nice person, they're always a nice person when they reply to me, and it kills me that I can't just tweet these people and say, Chief, let's rein it back in, okay, not gonna happen. Get your mind outside the box here, all right? Watch some other games. Watch, 
you know keep up with the round league keep up with the keep up with the league uh you know watch some condensed games if maybe even get if you have a you know if you have a good income a healthy income get the $25 a month NHL TV watch some hockey cuz <laughs> if Eichel is your only exposure to a superstar you're missing a you're lot deprived. you're missing a lot out there okay and again I love Jack Eichel oh yeah okay but he might get 100 points are you serious he might How, what's Hey, I mean, he's, he's gonna, on pace for nine. Like, he's gonna he break on, his. If he goes on a little bit of a tear here, it's possible. I think he can get eighty. He's on point on pace for well over eighty. Is he not? He, I think he has. Uh, he's probably on check. pace for like maybe ninety right now. If he didn't have that little check. dry he's... spell there, he would be probably on pace for well into the nineties. He's at fifty-one points in forty-four games. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, so he is on pace for over 100 points. But then a he few goes... years ago, who won the Art Ross? Jamie Benn, he had like 86, 87 points. Like, what happened? And also... The young players are taking over. I think Rasmus Dahlin should win the Calder, but really? I don't think it's, it's not going to happen. Will he but. get many votes? I wonder how close the vote will be. He's got to come in second, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's better than Heiskanen, Heiskanen, however yeah, you say his Colin name. White. Colin White. People yeah. are still bringing that up. Uh, who else is there out there? Isn't uh, Anthony Sorelli a rookie? Mm-hmm. He should be in, in that conversation. But then again, he's on a stacked team. You know what this, this Lightning team reminds me of? The 89 Calgary Flames. They were low. Or was it? Yeah, 89 is when they won the Cup. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. They were loaded, that team. You're talking Al McGinnis. Lanny McDonald. Lanny McDonald. I think they had gotten rid of Brett Hall by that point. Could you imagine? I I thought about this yesterday when they were talking about Mike Landy Vernon. McDonald. Could you imagine Jack Eichel with the Lanny McDonald mustache? I remember I I edited him you in NHL and I gave him Lanny McDonald mustache. You can do that. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm gonna do that. Okay. I'm gonna do that. Oh yeah. It okay. fits him. The Lanny McDonald mustache. I think it could work. But anyways, uh, trade request yesterday. Nathan Bull, you requested a trade, and can you blame him? When Marco Scandella is playing every night and he's sitting in the press box, Scandella feeding saucer passes right in front of the right in front of the Buffalo net to a wide open player in the slot. So against the Edmonton, against the Oilers. So yeah, what are they gonna get for Bullu? Not much. They're probably not even gonna recoup the third round pick that they gave up for him. So will they even be able to trade him? That's the thing. Two point four million on the cap. That's I don't unless the only team I could see taking a chance in them. Not only only one that comes the first one that comes to mind is Dallas. I think that would be a pretty good fit for him. Oh wait, Dallas has Taylor Fadoon. Oh yeah, Mets check. the twenty five games yet. He might have. He might have. But for some reason, Dallas just clicks in my mind. I think that might be a good team. We got one game. One, one more game. game for Mister Taylor Fadoon. Then Buffalo's got a seventh round pick in the bag. Uh, I like that. Cap friendly. I'm going to look at the teams that would be able to afford Nathan Beaulieu under their cap. I honestly believe, though, we're just going to end up waving him, and he'll go unclaimed. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Detroit. Detroit's not possible. Washington, they barely have any space. Teams aren't going to want to give up players, though. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be. You're going to get about a seventh or sixth round pick, no higher. Yeah, probably like a fifth fourth or fifth round you think pick. so fourth mm. really there's gonna be a team that's like yeah this guy he's a talented player 
we got the right situation here, maybe. Something. Maybe we can fool Vegas. Vegas, they got $7 million in cap space. It's possible. What about Chicago? An RFA. Maybe they want to go forward with him. Who knows? Uh, the Islanders? Maybe. I don't eh, Well, the Devils. Maybe. I can see the Devils. I mean... I don't think there's a point for a team like the Devils, though. That's the only thing. Yeah. Because they're already... Like, what, what good would it do? They're Ottawa? Always, they're already... Ottawa... Well, Winnipeg. But, Winnipeg. Winnipeg, I think... Just like a seventh defenseman. They could. Last year, they, they Joe got Morrow. Joe Morrow. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, but... Can you blame him, though? I, I he like By all accounts, he likes the city... He likes what's going on here, but he's not playing, and it's a contract year. And if you play in your yeah. contract year, just sitting up in the press box, and you're just kind of mediocre whenever you do get to play. I respect you're not the guy. Get another contract. I mean, he's looking out for his future. Yeah, he knows that. Hey, if I don't if I don't play games, then I'm going to get a nine hundred thousand dollar contract next year. I'm not going to not going to get anything. Mm-hmm. So, I respect him. I respect. He's definitely going to get a pay cut. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, he's not going to be uh, – maybe he gets traded today. It's 8.53 at the time that we're recording right now. So maybe by the time you're listening to this, he's on to greener pastures. But, you know, I wouldn't mind getting a fifth-round pick. I don't think the Sabres have a fifth-round pick this year. So just kind of recoup the assets that you lost. Like the Wilson trade, they have a fifth-round pick. They don't, they're not going to get a second- or third-round pick for him. I can tell you that for free. But I don't know. There are GMs like Peter Shirelli out there. Who knows? That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yesterday against the Flames, uh, Rob Ray subtly mentioned that the Sabres will be celebrating their 50th anniversary yesterday, which I, I'm kind of confused by this because uh, the Sabres and Canucks both celebrated their 40th anniversary in the 10-11 season. So maybe they're just doing this because they know there is going to be a lockout in 2021. That so has to be it. Maybe. That was immediately what everyone thought. That's what you'd see on the Twitterscape, yes. Now, the jersey. There, yes, there's a real possibility because we're we're in the Adidas catalog as getting third a jersey. third jersey. Vancouver is as well, but the thing is, Vancouver they're gonna have that is separate from their their bar sign logo, as I see yeah. the skate logo. So don't rule out a potential 40th anniversary, maybe eight select games where we have one, um, and then. Hold on. I'm, I'm looking at Jersey Watch right now on Aesthetics. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, so for the Sabres, third jersey is expected. Buffalo's in the mix for a third jersey for 1920. Could it finally be the Royal Blue throwback that fans have been begging for? And they also list 50th anniversary. The Sabres will turn 50 in 2020, so the question is whether the team will mark the milestone anniversary in 1920 or 2021. I haven't seen anything definitive yet. For what it's worth, they've marked their 40th in 10-11 along with the Canucks, but the Canucks have already made plans to celebrate their 50th in 1920. So take that however you choose. And obviously, Rob Ray just confirmed yesterday that they'll be celebrating next year. So, what first came to mind for me is, are they going to do a third jersey and a 50th anniversary throwback? Or what? Or are they just going to do one? And another thing here, they're not going to get new home in a ways. No. Like everyone has been expecting what would happen for the 50th. So maybe this happens. You got your royal blue 
jersey next year, maybe a 50th anniversary throwback too. And then after the lockout, if it's a lockout shortened season or if it's a full season lockout, or hey, maybe there is no lockout at all and the NHL actually uh, cares about their fans and doesn't do that. But maybe then they just go back the following season, they keep that third jersey as their real one, and then they get a new one for the You come back into the new NHL, if you will, with a new look. Yeah. Yeah, the new look Sabres and the new NHL. The Sabres... Take off. in theory, take off and win five Stanley Cups. Yep. You know, maybe the players just need some time apart. Yeah. Because, hey, remember, remember, well, the last full season lockout, the Sabres took off. Oh, man. That is going to be, if there is Uh, indeed. You know what? Here's a theory. Every other lockout, it's a different fate. Like, the (laughs) the lockout in 0405. The Sabres took off after mm-hmm. that, and then the direction was, oh, two Eastern Conference Finals, the future is bright, and then the lockout in 2012-2013, it ends early, and then that also marked the end of the Sabres, well, what you saw in 05-06, the good teams then, and then the mediocre teams after that, but then the rebuild began after that, so maybe this lockout They'll rise from the ashes in this one, and then they will rise to dominance. Wow, it's like it's like a storybook ending. It is. That is, I mean, there's only been uh, two lockouts though. So Wasn't I guess there one in the nineties, like a ninety four, ninety five. Yeah. So the pattern will be determined by this next lockout and the season after that. It's only going up. It's got to mm-hmm. be. Please, mm-hmm. please. It can't get worse. This has been the worst it, stretch in Sabres franchise listen, history. Like, we got to make the playoffs before that lockout because missing and then just waiting for the season to start mm. and just dreading, oh my God, is this going to be turned around once we start playing again? It is going to be a miserable existence. What are we going to talk about on the show? The CBA meetings? Like Batman's podium? Prospects? The Amherst? We can have Batman's podium on the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm just hoping. For no lockout. And for the love of God, give us two new jerseys. Like, look at the Canucks. The Canucks are just going. The Canucks are killing it. All in. They're going to have four jerseys next year. Four brand new jerseys. Have the Lightning worn this yet? No. It Was That's it a fake? prototype. Oh, okay. It's not fit. They said, um, it says in the description, actually, they're still ironing some stuff out, some of the design elements. Oh, okay. So that pretty much means the font yeah. for the most part. But what if that means that's just an early picture and we might be seeing... Uh, that might be not even what we get. It might be a little different. Yeah. Or if they have a blue collar or something, and then that's lost media, mm-hmm. lost hockey media. Okay, Vancouver Canucks, they're getting new home and away jerseys. They're going to get a 2019 third jersey, a throwback jersey, and possibly a 50th anniversary jersey. So, come on, step it up, Sabres. Let's do something here. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's get some new jerseys. Hey, screw the catalog. Let's get new home and aways. Come on. If it's really your 50th anniversary, you're going to go out in navy navy blue and gold? Come on. Don't do that. Think of the fans. Think of all the fans that want royal blue. Let's yep. do it. Yep. In 2020. Correct. You know, people are dreading this lockout. They're dreading the, the lack of a CBA, but that just means the players are free, and that is an Olympic year. We're going to have Olympic hockey. It's going to be a good year for international hockey because mm-hmm. Olympics... If if the lockout happens, so the NHL players will be able to go to the Olympics, I presume, with that news. Mm-hmm. And World Juniors, it's going to be fantastic. You're going to have 
the best players under 20, even the players that would be in the NHL and the World Juniors. The, the, the lockout years, those are the best years for the World Juniors. Yeah. By far. So, like, uh, by then, Alexi Lafreniere would have been drafted, and he'd be in the World Juniors. Like, could you imagine? It's like if there was a lockout in 15-16, oh you would have McDavid, God. Eichel, Matthews, the best young players. In them. That's the only silver lining I can think of of a lockout. That's mm-hmm. it. And another silver lining. To, uh, it sounds like I'm trying to make the lockout sound good. The lottery, all teams will be in the lottery. Oh, if, that's if, right. That's right. So, yeah. like, hypothetically, what, 2021, who would be in the draft? I think that would be a Matthew Savoy, Savoy. What about Luke Hughes? Is he going to be Luke in Luke Hughes one? is in the 2021 <laughs> yeah, draft. Boys. Yeah, so mm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Luke Hughes is in the 2021 draft. So hey, maybe the Sabers they're, they're trending up. And if it's anything like the 04 05 lockout, they take like previous success to weight it. But your lottery odds. So right. by then the Sabers should have decent odds. I would say they finished in last uh, like three or four years prior to that. So. Hey, maybe they'd have a good chance at good old Luke Hughes at the top of the draft. You know what? I want <laughs> Olympic hockey to return so bad because I want to see the goaltenders for all the teams. Check their goalie. It's probably going to be David Riddick. Probably. Like, uh, yeah. Maybe yeah. Lena Solmark suits up for Sweden. Though. Perhaps. Lundqvist might not away. have another. Still a while away. True. Oh, yeah. Lundqvist will be dead by then. <sighs> There's no way. be dead. <laughs> Not, like, really dead. Like, his game, it would be dead. Yeah. Will he even be playing yeah. by then? That's the real question. No, I don't think so. No. Mm. Team Russia. Kovalchuk. Kovalchuk. He'll be a bag of bones by then. Kovalchuk is a bag of bones right now, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Six million dollars for another two years. Good job, LA Kings. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else we want to touch on before we get into questions? Nothing, really. No, I think we've we've done a, a fine job. Is Skinner okay after falling yes. off the boards? Yes, he came right. back. He came back. All right, perfect. Why We still don't put him with Eichel, though, in overtime. I don't understand. Guy who's got plenty of overtime winners this year. Mm-hmm. They don't play him in overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we start from the bottom or the top? Let's go from the bottom. Let's change it up. All right. Yeah. First question. Uh, this is a pretty generic one, but do we still have a shot at the playoffs? Yes. As bad as things are right now, we're only two points out. Yeah, they're they got a chance. Correct. They but they they have to stay afloat here. We have they gotta to start winning some games. They can't drop yeah. five of their next seven. You gotta string together wins. Yeah. You can't you can't win every fourth game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh Allmark for Calder. No. I never really thought about this, but if because Allmark is still Calder eligible, mm-hmm. if he become if he takes the starting job from Hutton and plays the balance of the season, uh, the rest you know he's the starter and does good the rest of the season, and hypothetically the Sabers do make the playoffs and hack even win a round, maybe he gets a nomination because that third spot is still up for grabs. Who knows? A lot needs to go in his favor because he's a goaltender and he's not going to win it. But he's maybe he's got a shot being nominated with Darlene. Maybe he'll be like top ten. Yeah. I'd say, but oh, I, I think he's top ten now. To anyways, really, but. to really have a nomination, he needs like five or six shutouts. He needs to take us to the playoffs. Um, and he needs to be like twenty eight and six, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably. 
Possible. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> uh, lots of. Are we gonna make the playoffs? Fire Housley. Blah blah blah. Uh, we just talked about the World Cup. How concerning is the Sabres' play as of late? I'm very concerned. Yes. If the Sabres didn't win yesterday, I was going to go off the handle today. I would probably be screaming the whole time. You know what? Episode. I'm not concerned about the players, though. I'm concerned about what they're being told to do. And Personnel how usage as well. Yes. And Although I really do like that new second line. Connor Sherry. We didn't talk about Connor Sherry. He had a great game yesterday. He did. He, he had a, a really ice. good two games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Middle stat looks like he's trending up. Mm-hmm. Another assist yesterday. Two points on this road trip. Mm-hmm. And Tage Thompson, again, is, it's development. And I I wanted to mention this. I completely forgot. But this season, I don't care about playoffs. It's all For me, it's about the development of Thompson, Middlestat, Dowling. If these get, like, a month from now, if Middlestat is looking like a true second-line center, that's a successful season. If Thompson is looking like he could possibly be a second-liner going forward, that's a successful season. You get the guys in Rochester. If Nylander comes up eventually and looks like he can hold his own in the NHL and is developing properly, that's a successful season. It's not about where you finish. It's like 0304. Yes, that's exactly what it is. And then all they need, because the, they got the building blocks. It's I don't think it was ever about this season. It's about next season. They really have to take that step next year. They have to make the playoffs next year. This year, it's not about the playoffs, in my opinion, at least. I know for a lot of others, it's playoffs are bust, but they finished in last place last year. That's, in my opinion, at least, it's an unrealistic ask to say, you got to make the playoffs this year when 12 months ago you had, where were they last year? How many points did they have a year ago? 35, 40? Not e- no, not even. How many do they have now? We yeah, are, they have 54 right now. Right. They just tied their point record from the tank season. They probably had like 35 points a year ago. Yeah. And you're saying, oh, they got to make it this year. It's not playoffs or bust this year. It, they're still a young team that's a very flawed team. How many players do fans hate on this team? How many? Marco Scandella. About the whole defense. Vladimir Sabotka. Nathan Beaulieu. Rasmus Rostov. Larson gets a lot of hate. That's how many players away they are from being where you want them to be. Because right. ideally, you only got one of those guys when your team is contending. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, Capitals, Brooks Orpik was that guy. Mm-hmm. And he was pretty much the only one that they wanted to run out of town. And th- he left, and th- they brought him back. So, yeah, it's about development. Darlene has been, he's looked fantastic. Fantastic. That first period against Edmonton, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That was the best I've ever seen him. Yeah. He, it had, looked like his, he should have had a hat trick his in highlights. It looked like his highlights from mm-hmm. Sweden, from the World Juniors. He was all over the place. It's a shame he didn't that score. no look in between the legs pass. Another, oh, my God. Beautiful. Yeah. Rasmus Thalamin. And he's on a five-game point streak. Yep. He's and been awesome. They, and I'm looking at the stats right now. They've lost most of those games. So... He's been fantastic. And for an 18-year-old, I think only three have ever done that. Ekblad, Housley, and Bobby Orr. Pretty good company, if you're asking me. Uh, Why isn't Skinner signed yet? Because from the beginning, they were going to wait it out until the new year, and then they were going to talk. They're talking now. There's no need to panic. They're going to sign him. 
with it. You just gotta be patient. And they can't give him an eighth year until after the trade deadline. So it's probably gonna be another month before it happens. If it, you know, yeah, it's gonna be a while. So be patient. Uh, shouldn't we be more patient with this team? One lucky streak doesn't. Uh, this is worded. Uh, oh, it's worded. it's a long one. Yeah, it's a long one. I don't, on it, yeah. I don't think we can even see it. Oh. Uh, sure, response. Maybe we can see it. Okay, one lucky streak doesn't fact that this is not a playoff team. I think he forgot a word in there, but yeah, exactly. They were still flawed during the streak. They weren't even. I, I'm going to say it right now. They they weren't even that great during the streak. They came back in a lot of games and won an overtime and shootout. There was that creeping thought in the back of your head, like, ooh, this team, they haven't looked that good. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't want to say it, but because, you know, I mean. And they were being carried by Eichel and Skinner. Skinner. They were getting. Skinner, that was the Skinner streak, mm-hmm. quite frankly. They were getting some secondary scoring. They began some secondary scoring now, mm-hmm. too, which is fantastic. But they were really carried by good goaltending. Just mm-hmm. keep that in mind. I know everyone wants to run Carter Hutton out of town right now, but. He, he's the reason where they are today, why they have 54 points. So, And Allmark has been good, too. I think they should run, run with Allmark and see what he can do as a starter because mm-hmm. he's your guy of the future, mm-hmm. right now at least. Uh, besides secondary scoring, what is the biggest change that needs to happen? Coaching. It's not going to happen, though. I'm not saying it has to happen this season, though. I The thing is, I don't care what happens <sighs> because I don't think... I don't think coaching is as big of an issue as everybody makes it out to be. Housley needs to go. I think if Joel Quinville's the coach right now, you have the same exact fate. But it can't be the players. I don't think it can be the players. I don't know. Marco Scandella. Like, it's the personnel usage you, for like, me that you know me about we have. But. You know we have better personnel last season. Why are they mm-hmm. playing the same exact way as those guys did last year? Because they still have a lot of the same players. Scandella. Six of them are different, though. Six of the forwards are different. Defenseman. Everyone's the same besides Dalian and Pilot. This does not fall strictly on the defense, though. I don't know. I I just think... The offense is still producing at the same rate. We saw the stats earlier. I, I don't know. It's, it's whatever their system of offense happen. is. Not this season, but I think if... I don't know, think it's going to happen next season. You get 20 too. games into next year... Crazier things have happened in the terms thing of is, I always get annoyed by the constant, oh, we got to fire the coach, we got to fire the coach, we got to fire the coach. Like, If you want Housley fired, start rooting for losses because it's not going to happen. But I've never seen lose. such an obvious lack of competence as I do right now with the Sabres. I mean, Bilesma was practically forced out of town. Nobody's talking about, no one really is talking about firing Housley. It's only just getting traction, but, I mean, the Bilesma thing was just a, yeah, a tire fire from the get-go. It's really, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to happen. And I don't think it's going to happen for a long time, because if they, unless they finish in the bottom five, which probably won't happen, uh, he's safe, because they're going to move on to next year, he's going to still be the coach next year, and if, what if they're good next year? He's safe. If they go out guns a-blazing and are a top 10 team in the league next year, he's safe. They're not... Teams that are in the playoffs don't fire their coach. In young teams, especially. Like, if they make the playoffs three years in a row and get bounced in the first round, then maybe. But he's safe. 
Bottrell has full confidence in him. I'm going. He's with, not going anywhere. I'm going with my instinct of late on a lot of things. I'm I'm sticking to this one. Yeah, I'm starting to believe it too. But it's I've just seen not gonna happen. I've seen too many. It's not going to happen. Firings over the years that nothing is ruled out. Yeah, the only situation where I see him actually getting fired is if all four wheels go off. This all all four wheels fall off. That's it. And if they finish in the bottom five, or maybe maybe he has like an out clause in his contract. Who knows? But that's I think that definitely not the case. You, but. We shouldn't just look at it from a wins and losses standpoint. It needs to be looked at from a uh, player performance standpoint too. And I mean, what exactly is the NHL? The official NHL social media accounts are still touting him as a coach of the year candidate. Come on, that's ridiculous. Yeah, did you see that? Did no. You s- Hold on. That is completely uncalled for. It was like a graphic. Who's the coach of the year? And then Housley's right there front and center. Bill Peters. Or Barry Trotz. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Trotz, oh man. So th- those are those are going to be two finalists right there. Who else might have that find it. locked up? I mean, those are the two guys I can really think of. I mean, maybe he could be the third candidate but that doesn't mean he's deserving of it this means he's the test of what's left uh, i saw ted nolan yeah i just saw ted nolan and i just swiped that away as quick as possible <laughs> you didn't want me to see why do they keep playing scandella uh that's a good question they're they're again coach Housley's not gonna sit marco scandella it's just the fact it's just a fact it's not gonna happen uh uh, Scandella is not going to sit. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just sorry to say it. He's not going to sit. Uh, the, who could you see the Sabres trading for at the deadline or even trading away? Well, Bull, you, they're going to try and trade him, I would assume. I think we could, we might try and trade Sherry. I would trade him. For some reason, that's the name that, that comes to mind. Maybe Edmonton wants to give up a second-round pick right? for him. Right? Because you, you got to figure Tage is safe. Maybe Sabotka will go. Who's going to take him, though? Exactly. Maybe someone's looking just for an extra, an extra forward. Larson or Gerd Larson Jones. has had a great year. He's I think the best course of action is to sell guys like Gergensen's Larson and bring up guys from Rochester. I feel like Gergensen's is just a pestilence that we will never get rid of. They're going to give him like a four-year contract. Yeah, the they're going to pay him four, four years, $12 million. I bet. Like, please no. He but, won't go away. We're never going to get rid of him. Yeah, he's just he's just that cockroach. He just can't yep. get rid of Larson. He is the personalization of this drought. He just won't go away. He's been here the whole time in one way or another. He was in the system. Or yeah, something. exactly. He was drafted in 2012. And he, maybe until he goes away, the drought won't go away. I was thinking about this yesterday. Who would you rather have, Gergensen's or Mark Jankowski? Mark Jankowski. Oh, yeah. He was great See? last night. Do you know why I bring this up? Hmm. Because when the Sabres traded up to get Gergensen in 2012, Jankowski was the player that Calgary picked. Jankowski is a great penalty killer. He's really good. Mm-hmm. I like him. I like him a lot. But in that trade, the Sabres, I think, traded up or down in the second round and got Jake McCabe. So it all worked out, I guess. Yeah, kind of. Cause who did Calgary got our second round pick, too. But I forget who they drafted. They got that bum that got traded to Ottawa. That was like Brett hurt. Kulak, right? No, he like hurt Clark MacArthur in a practice. 
I forget his name, though. It's not Borowiecki, right? No. His name. I think Ooh, he's, he's in the minors. Drive me mad. In, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look. But yeah, he's not a good player for a second round pick, at least. That was ooh, who was that? Ottawa. They're they're a really good drafting team of late too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, here here's the 2012 draft. Okay, Gergensen's. It was uh, Patrick Seeloff. Oh, wait, they didn't get McCabe out of the trade. It was Gergensen's for Jankowski and Seeloff. Buffalo gave up 21 and 42 to move up to 14. Hmm. Seeloff never really became anything, but, yeah. I would most certainly rather have Mark Jankowski. But that's revisionist history because nobody knew who Mark Jankowski was. Correct. Back in 2012. Correct. Nobody knew. He. Nobody. I didn't even know who he was until he debuted <laughs> last year. You know, like, this guy, he was the youngest player in the draft. Nobody really knew who he was at all, and even trading down there, uh, it was like, really, that's a reach, because he was supposed to go in like the second round. But on to the next question, as we, uh, full panic mode, what's the move at the deadline? We just said, sell, bring up guys from Rochester. I think we're sellers. you can buy, too, if you're giving up like a third round pick, because there are trades where you give up low draft picks for guys mm-hmm. just to kind of fill out your roster. But what do they need? What do they need? What are the needs on this team right now? Second line center, you're not getting one of those. Third, fourth line winger. They need a third line center. Yeah. They need what What will it take to get a third line center? Maybe a fourth round pick. Fourth round pick? Yeah. I don't know. Like I would certainly give up a third round pick for a good third line center even if he's a rental. But I don't know. And people keep bringing up Derek Broussard. The Penguins are asking for a third line center. Buffalo doesn't have a third line center. Would you go up a second for Marcus Johansson? No. No? Absolutely not. Because he's been hurt and he's a rental. I just wouldn't do it. Maybe if they want to take Scandella back, but that's not going to happen. He'd fit in well with the jersey names. Yes. Marco Scandella. Marco Scandella. Mm -hmm. That would be great. The, what we called them the Soprano Devils, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say it's full panic mode. I would not say. I wouldn't panic because what are your expectations? That's the thing. If you're expecting them to make the playoffs, I would panic. This team can still find a way to string together three wins every now and then. Yeah. But you got to keep doing that consistently. and They just need to be above 500. Maybe we're nearing that point, but there's still, what, 36 games left in the year? Don't put it past them, I guess, because yeah. we, we did it before. If they could easily get back in it, and they could easily be ten points out of playoff spot if they continue this madness. I think they're only mm-hmm. two out right now. So, went on Friday against Vancouver. What should we offer for Michael Ferlin? Nothing, <laughs> nothing, because the Hurricanes are probably going to ask for like a first round pick, and that's just not going to happen. Sorry. Uh, why can't we keep a lead for more than three minutes? That's a good question. I don't understand. I don't get how they can't keep a lead for more than two minutes. Well, we play every game like it's a practice. It's like we're practicing. We don't. We don't. We don't practice during our practice time. We just throw something against the wall and hope it sticks at the uh, at game time. So mm. we 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 are so used to not scoring. Maybe that we get a goal and it's like, wow, we worked so hard for that. It's going to be so much easier to defend now. So we just take our foot off the pedal and then 
boom, it blows up in her face. What's this? This is a really good question. Okay. Redraft the 2015 draft, but don't let Eichel go to five like uh, they did on NHL Network. Do you want to do this? Redraft the 2015 draft. We'll do... Hmm. Should we just do the top five? Sure. Okay. How, uh, how, are we doing any player in the draft? Any player in the draft. Okay, let me bring it up. 2015 okay. NHL draft. So, obviously, number one is Connor McDavid. Yeah, Connor McDavid stays number one. Number two is Jack Eichel. I'm sorry, anybody that disagrees, but Jack Eichel is still the number two player in this draft. Yeah, I have a hard time buying that whole Marner is better than Eichel thing. Yeah. It's not true. Uh, But good for Mitch Marner. He's number three, I think. It's probably between Marner or Barzell. You know what? I'm going to go with Miko Rantanen, mm. third overall. Yeah, I can see it. He's tearing up in McKinnon. Imagine what he do with Tavares and Matthews. Yeah. That was a really good first round. Yeah, this, this draft is going to be like the 2003 draft someday. Pardon the silence for a moment. I have a few names going through my head now after seeing that first round, but I want to check out the second, see if anyone here rings it. Ooh, eh, well, Sebastian Ajo. He's not going to be that high, Ozo, No. Mackenzie Blackwood. Rupe Hints. Brandon Gooley. Oh. Brandon Gooley. Uh... Yeah, so it goes, we'll just do a consensus here. We'll probably agree on it. It's McDavid, Eichel, Rantanen, Barzell. Bar- Barzell. Barzell, I think Barzell is better than Marner. Then Marner. And then you got, like, Wierenski in there, too. This was a good draft. Well, you this know what? This was a really good draft. I'd go with probably Bess- Probably not a good draft to trade two first-round picks. I'd go with Besser first. Or, no, mm. fifth, 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 fifth. Really? Besser over fifth. Marner? Yeah. I'd take Marner over Besser. Maybe I haven't watched enough Mitch Marner, perhaps. Marner's a really good player. Really, really good. Yeah, so this draft was probably not a good draft to trade two first-round draft picks in, if you're asking me. So so we disagreed only on, on one. Yeah. And it was the fifth. Okay. Uh, thanks for that question. Would you consider going after Joel Quinville for head coach? Well, Joel Quinville has to want to come here, too. That's true. Yes. and You know my answer. You would hate Joel Quinville, too. You would hate Joel Quinville, too. I'm just going to tell you that. You would hate any coach. Any team that is not... I'm not I'm not giving Housley any credit or anything. I'm not saying he's good. But every coach that is going to stroll in here when we're not a good team, you're going to hate. You're going to blame him. That's that's just the, the matter of fact. I... I mean... Did Chicago fans hate him? No, because he won three Stanley Cups. Did St. Louis fans hate him? Yeah, because they were terrible under him. Were no, they, they won not? A President's Trophy. They did. Oh, yeah. I'm, no, I'm thinking of the Davis Payne years. Davis Payne was there. Yes, Davis Payne was the was a head coach in. St. That must Louis. have been like the. I think it was late. Like, yeah, it was around then. Yeah, I think he was there before Ken Hitchcock. Wow. But yeah, the, I think. They're two, two of their worst years. Like, I think they only missed the playoffs like four or five times. Something crazy like that. And two of the years were under pain. <laughs> so, yeah, and that guy's running our power play right now. Yeah. But, yeah, I imagine... Well, he was fired there. I, I don't know. It was a long time ago. But I can't imagine... Usually, fans hate the coach when he gets fired, I would assume. So, I don't know. You would hate Joel Quinville, too. I'll tell you that. If Joel Quinville was the head coach right now, they're still... Personnel decisions are better, but nothing really changes. It's still the same players on the ice. 
Is it Housley's fault they lost seven to two? Not really. I mean, couple fluke bounces and uh, exactly, but and Marco Scandella, no look pass right in the slot. Risk the line and turning the puck over. That's four goals right there in itself. It's and then you got a game. That's not Phil Housley's fault. I'm just playing devil's advocate right now. I'm not the Housley backer. The coaches are management. They're the ones making the. There's they're the ones steering the ship. If they if they make the mistake there, if they guide it into an iceberg, then it's. It's their lifeline it's on, that's on the line. Okay, one more. Uh, this one comes from Mateo. He says, would we have a better season if we did not do the Ryan O'Reilly trade? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think it's a completely different story if they still have Ryan O'Reilly right now. They're probably comfortably in a playoff spot. Yeah. Honestly, because what do, you, what do they It's need? not like Tage Thompson has done enough to change the team. Mm-hmm. And so then you, you would have Casey Middlestad on your third line mm-hmm. being able to develop at his own pace. And Ryan O'Reilly, it's a point-per-game player that you could have as well. So mm-hmm. I think they'd be obviously better, but who knows what happens at the locker room or whatever. So I don't know. They're definitely a better team with O'Reilly. Though. Yes. Uh, I think should we end off on that note? Right. Okay. Most of these questions are just firehousely trade scandala, blah blah. You know. All right. Oh, I know. Yep. That's it for this episode. We appreciate each and every one of you for listening. We love to hear your feedback. Lots of good feedback last week, and we're glad you. Uh, I forget. I forget the person's name that told us uh, it was a funny episode. We yeah. We hope all of you enjoy our. Subtle jokes. The sometimes. feedback has been tremendous. Yeah, we love it. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back next week. I think we're doing every Thursday for here on out. And yep, episode tw- season three, episode twenty-two next yep. week. Did we? I don't even think we hit what? How many episodes I think, did we do was by it this like, time last year? Oh, Maybe man. like eleven. Maybe ten or eleven. Like, because yeah. like. What was there to talk about? There was nothing to talk about last year. Nope. It was just the same. Oh, what are they going to get for Vander Kane? This team oh, sucks. Oh, God. That, oh, that discussion haunts my nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, we appreciate your guys' feedback. Follow the Charging Buffalo on Twitter and Instagram at the Charging Buff. Big things planned for the future. You guys are going to be excited. Uh, I don't, I don't want to give too much away here, but, yeah, we got – Big plans for TCB, the TCB brand, yes. coming up in the future. So just a little bit of patience. We're going to try and bring you guys the best Sabres content as we possibly could going forward. And you can also follow us on Twitter at JoeTCBNHL and at LVKETCB. And once again, we appreciate you guys for listening, and we will see you in the next episode next Thursday.